Hello, this is Pastor Carl Gallops, and thank you so much for joining me today. I'm looking forward to enjoying the Word with you. It has always amazed me when people say, and and especially when pastors proclaim, I've even seen some uh, Christian movies recently, very popular Christian movies, where the proclamation is made, well, you know, we know we can't prove the existence of God, but by faith we can serve Him, and by faith we can talk about His existence, etc., etc. Well, I understand what people are trying to say. However, let me declare to you, yes, we can prove the existence of God. We can prove his existence definitively. We can prove his existence without argument. We can prove his existence. I I know these are awfully bodacious claims that I'm making, but these are not my claims. These are the claims of God himself I want to read just one snippet of a passage, and then we'll come back to it later. But listen to what God declares. I'm not even going to tell you where this is from right now, but I will in a few moments. Listen to what God declares. This comes from his, from his word. This comes from the word of God. God says, you were shown these things so that you might know that the Lord is God, and beside him there is no other. Can I translate that for you? God says, You were shown these things so that you would know there's a God and that you would know that it's not just any God, but it's the God of the Bible. It's the God of heaven. It's the Lord God, the creator. And beside me, there is no other. Yes, we can prove the existence of God. But for those who have proclaimed down through the years that you just can't prove the existence of God because the Bible says so, where Well, where does the Bible say that you can't prove the existence of God? And almost always, people would then point to Hebrews chapter 11, that beautiful passage of Scripture, that beautiful chapter. We call it the Hall of Faith. But listen to chapter 11, verse 6 from the book of Hebrews. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Okay, I understand that. I agree with that. Most people, though, would take that passage and say, see, it says here that you can't prove the existence of God. You have to take him by faith. But that's not what the passage says. Listen to it again. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Well, absolutely. What does the word faith mean? The word faith means taking God at his word. If God tells us something, then believe it. If God tells us to do something, then do it. If God leads us in a place where we're unsure of what lies ahead, but yet we are positive that it's God telling us to go there, then then we must go. If God takes us by the hand, we follow. That's what faith is. It is taking God at his word. So listen to this again. Without taking God at his word, it's impossible to please him. Well, I agree with that. Now watch. And then it says, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That is, he blesses those who want to know him, who want to know his heart and his mind. Absolutely. But then it's, but, but right before that it says, but in order to come to him, you must believe that he exists. Well, absolutely. How can you serve God if you don't first believe he exists? But, but that statement has nothing to say about proving his existence. It's a given that by the time we are serving him and loving him, that he has proven himself, at least in our hearts to us, that he exists. 
So you see, you can't use Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 and following to say that the Bible says that we can't prove the existence of God. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. In fact, from Genesis to Revelation, why is the word given to us? To prove the existence of God. But remember that verse that I used in the very beginning, that verse where God himself says, I have shown you these things so that you will know that I am the Lord your God and beside me there is no other. Well, now, what things is he talking about? What is it that God has shown us? Well, first, let me just say this. I'm going to read the entire passage in a moment from where that uh, particular verse came and, and, and then put it in its context, and I'll tell you the exact scripture. But, but before I do, listen, if God is as big as we claim he is, if he's the creator of the heavens and the earth, if he created the universe at his command, if he spoke and created the sun and the earth and the moon and the stars— If he's omniscient, that is all-knowing, if he's omnipresent, that means always present and everywhere present and in every dimension of reality he's present. If if he is omnipotent, that is all-powerful, then doesn't it make sense that a God that is omniscient and omnipotent and omnipresent, doesn't it make sense that he could prove himself to us if he wished to? Well, of course it does. Doesn't it make sense that a God like this probably has proven himself to us? Well, of course it makes sense. And I submit to you, he has done it. Now, again, remind you of his words. God says, I have shown you these things so that you will know that I am the Lord your God and beside me there is no other. Well, there are many ways in which God has proven himself to us. For those that are born-again believers, of course, we would testify. We We have the presence of his Holy Spirit in our heart. We have the testimony of his Spirit speaking to our spirit, of course. We have the testimony of the Scriptures and the prophecies. We have the testimony of Jesus Christ himself and all of the prophecies concerning what he would do and Calvary's cross and the resurrection, of course. But for the unbelieving world, that's just a bunch of religious mumbo jumbo. And you and I know that it is precious and it's holy and it's very real, but how do we speak to the unbelieving world about proving the existence of God? Oh, no, we can't put him in a test tube and shake up an, uh, a test tube or a, a, a Petri dish and, and, and show God. We, we can't do that. But how do we do it? All right, let's go to the Scripture and let's speak of the context. This passage of Scripture, believe it or not, goes all the way back to the book of Deuteronomy, and it's in chapter 4. Listen to what God says through Moses to the people that he has brought out of Egypt. God says, ask now about the former days, long before your time. From the day God created man on the earth, ask from one end of the heavens to the other, has anything so great as this ever happened? Or has anything like it ever been heard of? Has any other people heard the voice of God speaking out of fire as you have heard and lived? Has any God, little g, ever tried to take for himself one nation out of another nation? Here we go, folks. Now listen to this. By testings, by miraculous signs and wonders, by war, by mighty hand and outstretched arm, or by great and awesome deeds like all the things the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your very eyes, you were shown these things so that you might know that the Lord is God and beside him there is no other. Listen, listen to what God's word says. Has any other God, little g, has any other God ever done such a thing? 
Well, what thing is he talking about? He tells us, taking one nation out of another nation, turning that nation into a mighty nation. See, see the proof of God's existence. Listen to me, folks. It is the nation of Israel, the ancient historical nation of Israel, and the present presence of the nation of Israel. Because all of this was prophesied before any of it came to be. You do realize that these words in Deuteronomy were spoken before they ever set foot in the promised land. In fact, it was just before. But, but listen, it gets even better than that. Many people don't realize that the book of Deuteronomy, Moses, under the spirit of prophecy, before they ever entered the promised land, Prophetic words were spoken through Moses about they were going to go into the land, they were going to settle the land, but eventually the people would rebel against God and God would drive them and scatter them into the nations. He would destroy them as a people and as a nation, but in the last days he would bring them back from the lands from which he had scattered them. All of that's in the book of Deuteronomy before they ever set foot in the promised land and begin their nation for the first time. A lot of students of the Bible are shocked to discover that great truth. The nation of Israel is God's proof of his existence. Listen, the Quran has nothing to say like this. The Hindu Vedas has nothing to say like this. or The, the teachings of Buddha have nothing to say like this. The, the, the words of Nostradamus have nothing to say like this. The horoscope in the newspaper has nothing to say like this. But the word of God for hundreds of years, yea, a thousand years, yes, 2,500 years before they happened, prophecies were given concerning the nation of Israel. And God said in many times and in various ways through the scriptures, watch Israel and you will see that I am God. Because after all, I'm going to take a nation out of a nation, a nation who was not a nation. I'm going to make them into a mighty nation, and I'm going to use them as my witness throughout all of history to show you that I'm going to say what is going to happen to that nation, and it will happen, and it will happen to no other nation, and it will never happen to any other nation. And so when you see these things happening to Israel, you will know that I'm God because no other God has ever dared to, quote, say such a thing, but I have because I am God. I am the Lord God. I am the creator. And so what was it that was prophesied about Israel? The prophecies in the word of God are clear. Israel would go into the promised land. They would develop into a mighty nation. We know they did. King Saul, King David, King Solomon, who hasn't heard of these kings? They became a great and powerful and mighty nation, rich, wealthy, the superpower of their day eventually. They established borders. They had their own language, their own customs, their own military, their own coinage. They were a mighty nation, just like God said. But God also said, but I'm going to tell you, you're going to rebel one day, and I'm going to scatter you to the ends of the earth. But then in the last days, I'm going to bring you back miraculously. Isaiah, the book of Isaiah says, in one day, a new nation will be born. And so what has happened? What does history bear out after these words were spoken? Hundreds of years, yes, thousands of years after these words were spoken, what happened? Exactly what God's word said would happen. Israel did rebel. The northern kingdom of Israel with its capital at Samaria finally rebelled and was destroyed by the Assyrians. The southern kingdom finally rebelled. Judah with its capital at Jerusalem, the Babylonians destroyed it. There was no more Israel. And then the Persians settled the land, and then the Greeks settled the land, and then the Romans conquered the land, and there was no Israel. And into the midst of the Roman Empire, Jesus stepped. In 70 AD, the temple was destroyed, and the Jews driven completely from the land of what the Romans had called Palestine, scattered to the ends of the earth until 1948. 
they began to come back. Actually, they began to come back to the area in the late 1800s. But in 1948, in one day, overnight, a new nation was born. And it's been there now for almost an entire generation, almost 70 years. Just like the Word of God said. Just like God prophesied himself. Just like the prophets of old told us. And why? Because God said, when you see these things happen to Israel, you will know that there's a God in heaven. I'm going to paraphrase now, but this is what it says. You will know there's a God in heaven, and I am he. And there is no other God besides me. No other God has ever dared say such a thing. No other God, little g, has ever dared do such a thing, because there are no other gods. I am him, and this word is my word, and I will prove it through Israel. Of course we have the prophecies of the coming Christ. Of course Jesus and Jesus alone fulfilled dozens and dozens of prophecies. Of course we have all of the prophecies concerning kings and kingdoms. All of them are there. Of course we have that. Of course we have the fact that Jesus did come. He did go to Calvary's cross. He did rise from the tomb. Of course we have that. But those are not proofs of God's existence. Those are proofs of God's love and of God's truthfulness and faithfulness in keeping his word. What's the proof of his existence? According to God himself, it's the existence of the nation of Israel. Everything that he said that would happen to Israel has happened and is happening before our eyes. And we are the only and the first generation in 2,500 years to see that restored Israel of Ezekiel 37 and the dead dry bones back in the land. We are it. Right before our eyes, God has proven himself and is proving himself. On our daily news, the atheists and the unbelievers look at it, they report it, they watch it on television. God has declared, I am God, and beside me there is no other. Folks, keep your eyes on Jesus. Stay in God's word. You can count on him. You can trust in him. He is faithful. He is true. This has been a word for you from the word of God by Pastor Carl Gallops.